Hey there, zookeepers. It's your boy, Martin. Uh, this episode, we had special guest Jay Vasquez, fellow anime enthusiast and sad boy, who joined us to talk about the tokusatsu masterpiece, Mechanical Violator Hokkaider. It's a real rat violent time, and we get distracted by talking about other things the way only true friends can. If you're liking Podzuki, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. If you ever want to get in touch with us, or if you have any questions or comments, we will read literally anything on the air, so please feel free to tweet at us. Uh, we are at Podzuki on Twitter, and you can email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. Without further vamping, intro. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all to the beat. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Podzuki, the only podcast that asks you, are you right with Christ? And today, we'll find out. Um... Get out your Bibles and, uh, I don't know, a rosary. Let's go with the Catholic slant. That's always fun. When, it, when you guys see rosaries, do you, do you instead of think of Catholicism, instantly think of Akuma from Street Fighter? Because that's what I always think about first. <laughs> I mean, those, those are kind of the same thing, but they're not. They're prayer beads, not, which I guess a rosary is prayer beads, but they're different, different religions. Do you think Akuma is like a devout Catholic? No, I think he's, I think he's, <laughs> I think that's like Shinto. Yeah, Shinto, that capitalism, am I right, baby? I don't know. Everything's already means. far too silly. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Let's get more serious. I'm one of the Kaiju Hollywood bad boys and co-host of Podzuki, the podcast that talks about big monster movies, little monster movies, sometimes Tukatsu, because we're doing a lot of that lately. Uh, I Love couldn't it. resist it. Yeah, it's a fun time. I- I'm Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of the Podzuki co-hosts, the one they brought on last, Luke Evans Flip. Saving the best for last. Mm-hmm. Hello, it's me, your third Hollywood kaiju bad boy and host of Podzuki, Martin Felschman. And oh my god, who do we got over here? Everyone give it up for our special guest, Jay Vasquez. Hey, that's me! Woo! Woo! Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jay. Uh, so, uh, I'm not exactly a kaiju bad boy. I uh, consider myself more of an anime weeb otaku kind of uh, sad boy. But, you know, oh, we all have our, our talents. You are among yeah. friends. Hey. We're all sad boys here. <laughs> sad, sad boys, boys sad boys. Life. What you gonna do? When you cry a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, Think about I, my I ex at night again. I was excited to get you on for this one because I was talking to you a little bit about it. I've been I've been having a bit of a, a tokusatsu phase. And this is more of a happenstance of... Uh, I watched this movie way back in high school because I was at a convention... And I walked by an alley where they were selling a bunch of merchandise, and I saw the DVD Mechanical Violator Hakaider, and it's like, no oh, way, wow. I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah. I want to I wanna make this rule now. If we say his name, it has to be the full name, Mechanical <laughs> Violator Hakaider. I don't want to need that, like, oh, this is my friend Hakaider here. No, I'm going to say the full thing. I'm totally okay, sure just like we will honor that. I, I, 100% I, positive. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It's a, it's a good sign of respect and very important that we do it. Yeah, it's like saying Mr. to teacher or something like that. Um, but this teacher taught you how to, I don't know, punch a meat palace? We'll get to that. <laughs> well, I, I, if, if we're like talking about experience with this, I had never heard of this movie before, but I did watch the Kakaider, which this is a like a spinoff of, I guess. Mm-hmm. I watched yeah, the anime. Sequel. Yeah, I watched the anime first because they played it on Adult Swim. 
Then I was on a uh, high school like journalism. T- our journalism team went to like Nashville or something. It wasn't my journalism team. It was the, my uh, Deca, which was like a marketing sort of thing where we did competitions. But yeah, we did a uh, competition in Nashville, and we went to the uh, to a mall there, and I found like oh, Kakaider was a like a power a Super Sentai Power Rangers type show. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get this DVD, hmm. and those were really cool. They had a pretty good budget for those like '80s and '90s. It's still a series that's like brought back every once in a while in Japan. I mean, it's it's not as big as like Super Sentai or Kamen Rider, but it's still got its place uh, in the stars, if you will. That said, the the pure joy that I had of when I brought this to my anime club in high school and we put this bad boy <laughs> on, and they said, "Welcome to Jesus Town," and we were all in tears. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and once again, that's the reason I, I want to say uh, Luke watched the dub of this. I think we all watched the subtitled version. I've seen the dub originally. I watched the subtitle I, first, which I yeah. think was good because I, I watched that. We were supposed to do this episode like three weeks ago. Yeah, and then yeah, today we, I watched the dub. Yeah, we had a very bad scheduling, most of it on my part. So no, no it was no a little my fault too. But you know, yeah. What, what are you going to do? I mean, internet—that's not something you can control. Did I tell well, you the story like, about that? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, tell me about it. This is the time for it right here. Dude, so, okay, so our internet was going out, right? And first of all, I had been doing a lot of downloading of GameCube stuff on my freshly nice. new PC. Because, you know, what else you could do with that? And uh, so for a little while, me and my roommate were a little nervous. Like, oh, shit, did they get us? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the internet was going in and out. And then finally, he we, we keep calling and, like, trying to get it turned back on and off. Finally, we figured out that... There was a tower down, but they couldn't fix the tower because it was, surprise, built on top of a school. Oh, man. <laughs> Get the kids to fix it. Give them Th- some real life skills. That's what Give I'm saying, right? Get they, your career started, Bubba. I mean, it's better than what you're probably going to do, right? I mean, it's they would make, CBS, let's be They would make kids in Japan do it because they like, have to like, <laughs> clean the school and stuff. And they would yeah, want me to I'm, watch a kiter, you know? I only think that's true because I've watched a lot of anime. I don't know if that's an actor. <laughs> no, 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 totally. Like, all, as far as like yeah. cleaning the school, the Japanese schools don't have janitors. And they make the kids do it. That's so oh, funny. Man, that's... Exactly. And, and Japan, in in its entirety, doesn't have anyone to fix any sort of like cell or internet towers. They just make kids do it. <laughs> yeah. The, the true combustible fuel that we should all be burning. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's probably not... Yeah, actually, that probably wouldn't be true for Japan since they have a growing population. But in America, I say throw a few kids in for sure. Dude, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, builds character. Basically, anybody with a TikTok. Every time I don't see a child under 15 working in a McDonald's, I weep a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I actually, no, you know, joking aside, I, no, would you say no joking aside or joking? That's a weird turn of phrase. Anyways, uh, I, I started working when I was 15 myself, too, at a movie theater. And boy, what a what a proud tradition of America that I got to uphold of being a little shit that didn't work well and then spent all of his money on video games. You, you got the job that everybody oh, yeah. thought they wanted when they were about to start working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I was really lucky to fall into that job because... It was the AMC Theater uh, in Warrenville, Illinois. It was the AMC 30 at the time. I think they've changed ownership since then. And it was all managed by other high schoolers. So, like, you know, no work was getting done. (laughs) And it was literally, like, just sell people tickets and make sure the place doesn't burn down. And we only had to call out the uh, firemen at least three times while I was there. So we almost almost did it. Hey, Brandon, after you got that job there, did they have to change what AMC stood for? Because I assume after you worked there, it had to stand for Anime Manga Come. (laughs) (laughs) 
course. That's, they, I mean, that's they what I'm on the Dow Jones now. They had to add a period between each of the letters. <laughs> and then a question mark at the end. <laughs> Come? <laughs> uh, if there's anything I should never have a question mark after, it's a <laughs> you, you should always know where it's coming from. Absolutely. Uh, oh, guys, sorry, I'm ejaculate. There's no context like pretty, for it, but <laughs> we're pretty well looped for the discussion of a kiter now. <laughs> yeah, um, right. So another thing that we decided to kind of do this is we recently watched with Jess Martinez. We watched Common uh, Rider Zoe, which was a Common Rider movie from the '90s that was also directed by the same guy of Kieta Amiyame. I think hmm. is how it's pronounced. Oh, the same director. I don't know. Yeah, it's the same director. He's also. Um, one of the co-writers of the Resident Evil 2 script, I think, for the video game, which I think is a really cool thing. And so, he also directed the, as a Ram. So this guy, this, what's the name of the director? Oh, no, he's he was the director for uh, Kamen Rider Zoe. He didn't write Resident Evil. I forgot that Resident Evil 2 guy is the one who wrote Kamen Rider Zoe. I got the but, name, I so. mean, he, oh. he, he directed Kamen Rider Zoe and uh, Mechanical Violator Hakaider. Yes, and then another one from 91 that's pretty well-known, Zaram. Which looks kind of cool and badass, so I think we might have to do that one eventually. Which is about a, a futuristic female bounty hunter who's ha- hunting a big old space alien. So, oh, I was so I was sold from the moment tennis. you said futuristic. I think it's a okay. revelation that it's the same director because, like, I had the same problem with like the camera work in this movie that I did with Mass Rider Zo because yeah. did, did he does he just not believe in steady cams? <laughs> I don't know what his problem is, but there's some very funny moments that very questionable directing uh, takes that both make me appreciate him as a director, but also very concerned for him as a director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we could start like going through the actual story. of. I've, once again, this is a very similar thing to The Common Writers. Though. There's not too much story, but you'll take what you can get with it. It's pretty fun still. First off, it starts off with the metal detector, which is always a great sign for a good movie. <laughs> and, like, a, a bunch of dudes saying, like, hey, there's a great treasure stored here. Let's go find it. And other guys like, yeah, of course, let's find yeah, it. Yeah, let, they... let's find this treasure and spout some exposition. Yeah. <laughs> Very well done exposition, exposition, I might add, because these dudes aren't important to the movie overall. They're just trying to find, I believe it's an old prison Yeah. that they're going to. I also want to acknowledge how cool it is that the Toei logo at the beginning of the movie is like part of the movie it's like the yeah i love going that over the rock yeah that was really fun that's you know it's good to be creative like that have some fun yeah. with it yeah i mean he's once again i feel like uh Kieta, he's got some big dick energy directing this he's done <laughs> so he's done zaren they're all hits in japan he's like you know what i'm gonna have fun with the logo nobody can tell me nothing yeah it was uh, really cool yeah, so they they unlock this like door where they think the treasure is, and then of course it's uh it's our boy mechanical violator uh, Hakaider, and I love in that his he's, human like, form, in his human form, but on Just top of that, he's like yeah, and he's like in all these chains, but I guess it doesn't really matter because like they they decide to shoot at him when he looks up. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to break these chains off and kill everyone in this room. <laughs> and a, a pretty fun, I'd say, and decently directed of like. The only light you see is coming off from the guns, and it just shows him kind of like slowly, like goring all the people until he's uh, oh. he's all done in there. Great they way to get you that. into it, you know. They definitely did that also to hide like how bad the special effects. Look. Yeah. But I still like there's one like the first guy he kills like he punches the top just the top of his head off. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, was, that fucking ruled. 
A uh, good Ricky O moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, that that reminds me. We eventually do have to watch Ricky O for this podcast, which is one of my all time favorites. The story of Ricky. That, uh, uh, I I've seen that movie. That makes sense. Hey, I've, yeah. I've got a I've got a quick question from my notes. Uh, Luke, I know you haven't seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yet. But, I'm watching uh, that right now. It's so good. What what season oh, are sweet. you on? I'm on four. I'm like halfway through it. Damn it. Okay. Well, Brandon, then this is just for you. Mechanical Mechanical Violator uh, Hakaider. He looks a lot like Gold Experience, doesn't he? He looks almost exactly like it, except it's like a silver variant of him. But yeah, are you that's, talking about that's, the that's uh, the like robot version or the human version? Oh, robot version. Okay. Yeah, the robot version. So he looks like a penis. <laughs> yeah, he looks, yeah, he does kind of look like a penis. I mean, hundred percent. If, if if you're watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and you don't think there's at least some phallic imagery, you're watching the wrong anime. Uh, yeah, it's a, for it's, real. A, it, it's a stand named after a after a fucking Prince album. Like, of course it's gonna look like a dick. Yeah, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, man, also Jay, I'm excited for you because I think season four or the fourth arc in the manga that's my favorite for sure. Because mm-hmm. I I don't know why, but I love high school jink- hijinks, but also with like deadly consequences. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of my favorite thing about it so far. I think what I really love about JoJo in general is it feels like uh, more than anything else I've seen. Every season like folds in and doubles down on everything. You know, like the oh, first yeah. one is like a little gay, a little spooky, a little gory, and then it's like everything gets doubled every season. You know, and then by <laughs> season four, it's just like everything's named after a drag queen and a seventies rock band. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much and i'm also going to steal that of just describing jojo's bizarre adventure as a very gay and spooky anime <laughs> yeah dude it's great it's like combinations of like like scenes from rupaul's drag race and then a dude getting bit in the face like literally yeah <laughs> it's great it, okay. it is so good so I, lo- I love it dude so mechanical violator okay. <laughs> has killed his liberators mm-hmm. yeah. which also Ungrateful, instantly honestly. puts me on board for him well i, I love that like okay then he's like, who am I? Who am I? That question never really ends up mattering because that's not like a theme or an arc in the movie, who he is. I love, uh, so here's my theory on this. I love that they show this like montage of him on the bike heading to Jesus Town. Well, I wanted, uh, about the bike, I like that his bike, which does not show any sentience in this movie, was also bulletproof, right? Bound in chains. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. But also, that Jay brings up a great point. It also has to be bulletproof. Yeah, that was so <laughs> crazy. The whole time, I'm like, just shoot the fucking tires. And it's just, oh, those are bulletproof too. Okay. Yeah. It's it's such a ridiculous movie, but they, they have him break all the chains off his motorcycle. And then it's a lot of scenes of an exposition of him driving to Jesus Town. Um, we're going to say Jesus Town and Mechanical Violator Hakaider quite a bit this episode. Um, <laughs> but I, I like to theorize that on his ride over, he's just like, Oh, who am I? Nah, who gives a shit? <laughs> cool as hell, dude. I'm just gonna go shoot some people with my, I guess, rocket launcher slash shotgun. Um, yeah, well, first he like, he leaves where he was being captured, and he comes across a fat white man, seemingly in the Dr. middle of nowhere. Very Doctor Robotnik looking. Oh yeah. <laughs> or Cliff Clavin. Or Cliff Clavin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you gonna stop there so I could uh, ask you a few trivial questions? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, like, tells him, like, hey, stop, and then, uh, Hakaider, I guess this is a good moment to show he doesn't, like, kill everybody. He's just like, you know mm-hmm. what, Dr. Robotnik, you get to live to see another day. Well, it is, like, he does stop at all, I think is kind of weird. Cause and it's he not touches that, like, weird robot. It's also, it's not, like, the gate to Jesus Town, like you'd think it would be. I, it's, it's, like, a teleportation gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it if a teleportation gate? 
Well, no. mm. It's got those question. two like pylons set up, and he goes through it and disappears. That's what I thought it was. Like it's something I, like. Yeah, same. Well, I thought he was just really quick. I thought it was like a, I don't know, future metal detector. I I didn't think it was a teleporter. Yeah, That's... I thought it was like a electrical field he just drove by really fast. But I mean, either way, I think. That's the beauty of fine film. You can interpret it either way, you know. <laughs> That's right. You know. Oh no, we could we could argue and interpolate about this film for hours. That's <laughs> yeah. That's why it's so beautiful. It's such art. This really is the this is Kane of Tokatsu film. <laughs> you know, everybody comes out with a different experience from mechanical violator to I mean, I really wish we'd done this episode the day I watched it, like we were originally going to, because I was ready to be start the episode like this is the best fucking movie I've ever seen. Dude, it was way better than I thought. <laughs> Thank it was you. Be. Yeah, it's, I, it rules. And I think it's because the next thing we can get to, fucking Gurdjieff. Yeah, it's oh my god! Everything. So this is basically a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character right here. Like, there's no other way <laughs> yes. to describe it. Wait, I feel like we can't go into this without jumping into Moth RuPaul's Drag Race. Moth RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, welcome. <laughs> this is the this is the segment. And the reason it was bored was literally for this episode because the fashion <laughs> wearing, in this film yeah. was so good. The main villain, Gurdjieff, is wearing like a, I guess, white, like, uh, I don't know what, it's like a Japanese sort of outfit that you've, see, you've seen if you've watched anime, but I don't know what it would be called, like that long I, jacket. May I, may I read out the description of his outfit that I wrote down in my notes? Yes, please. <laughs> yes. The dude looks like a vicious cosplayer and a Sephiroth cosplayer ran at each other really fast. <laughs> yes! Heavy Sephiroth vibes, dude. I felt like, honestly, a lot of this movie, like, in the world building, was very Final Fantasy VII to me, actually. Oh, I looked yeah, it up, too. FF7 came out two years later. I, I, yeah. I wrote down that this, is, this movie is if Squaresoft had made Mega Man... And then they oh, yeah. do a movie. <laughs> and then, like, literally, like, uh, literally the villain is a one-winged angel because he has yeah. like, just one wing hanging on him from a dead bird. That yeah, like the carcass of a bird, yeah. which I kept trying to figure out. The trivia on IMDb didn't say what kind of bird it was. I was thinking maybe albatross because, like, the whole idea of, like, hanging an albatross from your neck, like that, that short story. Yeah. Huh. But... I, it, I looked up pictures of albatrosses and it didn't really look like it. I think they have more orange in the the tips of their wings, whereas this yeah, is a white bird. And this this Gurdjieff character, I, I I want to describe. It sounds like he has a dead bird on him, which sounds gross. He's a beautiful man. I just want to say that now, looking he, magnificent. He wears Thank a so well. from Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah, yeah. He, it's like if the Cure had been a Jay Goth band instead of <laughs> somebody threw them in a white paint tumbler. Like, oh man, it's like early during totally Gray Chic. Yeah, oh man, totally that, could have been like a new some... wave fan from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, in Japan, this is not this is not the first time I'm gonna say this, but uh, it won't be the last until it happens. How have we not watched Wild Zero yet for this podcast? <laughs> it's gonna happen eventually. That's gonna be a big episode. What's well, added to the list, baby? Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't even know how to describe Wild Zero. But getting back to the plot of this, uh, wait, no, has... you want to talk about other fashion in the film before we move on? Because yeah, let's talk about the gang of rebels. Yep. Okay. Who dress like they're going to a club when they're raiding a government facility? <laughs> they 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 are raiding a government facility the way that everyone has always wanted to raid a government facility, which is just dressed to the nine, ready to party as soon as you're done. <laughs> the 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 uh, chick with like the leather hat who wants to open a ra- start a ranch. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Is wearing fishnets. <laughs> I love how I mean, she's maybe little... she, I, I think she might be going to the fishing industry. She's like, well, I already have these nets, so. Like, <laughs> she didn't yeah, bring it up. Was... Oh, I was going to say, I love how like a little bit of her hair was like specifically pulled out the top very casually. You know, it was like accidentally oh, yeah. on purpose. And then after, when she mentioned the ranch thing, I immediately pictured like goth llamas. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, about, like... They have to dye the llamas black. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know if they're, I feel like llamas are usually, like, like brown. Yeah. Maybe they're black llamas, I don't know. Not if you catch a shiny one, then it's black. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Uh, also, just for fashion, uh, the heavy soldier design, pretty cool. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's, it's what you'd imagine in definitely, like, a JRPG from the mid-90s. I mean, oh, yeah, they no, look exactly like the, like, blue soldier guys from Final Fantasy VII, because they've got the, like, light on the top of their head. They've got the three eyes. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Very I mean, once again... We, we always think Final Fantasy VII is really ahead of its time and unique, but, like, watching cinema and film of Japan in the early 90s, those motherfuckers stole a lot of stuff, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, so 100%. Just be honest. It's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, and then I think before, yeah, the Mothra Paul's Drag Race, because it kind of counts just for the suit design, really love that Michael of this, like, uh, cyber enforcer, once again, angel motif, uh, you know, he's kind of like a, he, he concerned, he's concerned about human life, but not really. Well, he, he yeah. kept... Bad. He kept making me think of this is gonna be this is like a, a deep cut, but uh, the final boss from Mega Man Legends. And oh you yeah. Play that, oh yeah. Like, I totally see that. Yeah, because he's like he's angelic, but he's a bad guy. What's his name? It's like J something. It all it sounds kind of like Jehovah, but it's not. It, Once uh, again, just ripping off. It's something because he's like yeah, also like right has now. like Mega Man in his name. All right, let me. Juno Mega, Mega Man. Man Juno? Juno? Was it? Was oh, that's it. it. Oh wait, it was Juana Man. <laughs> oh, I was I'm here. <laughs> I was trying to look it up, but for some reason, whenever I type it into my browser, it keeps putting in Tronbon porn. <laughs> I guess I have to go down this path here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let us know. Oh let yeah, know. just go, just travel down that road again, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a well worn road. Listen, absolutely had a crush on her when I was in middle school, but don't judge me. Uh, anyways, uh, getting back to good old mechanical Viler Kiter. They kind of do some exposition of uh, Gurjev and Michael, and then we get to see the Rebels kind of in action. Then finally, this is another great thing. They don't really ever explain what Hakaider's doing or what his purpose is. He's just like, I'm going into Jesus Town. No one is going to tell me nothing. Yeah, he's kind of like compelled. But yeah. I also think it's also, at this point in the movie, we've seen Gurjev and Michael, and Michael, like, he stops a, an outlaw, quote-unquote, from killing himself because we must respect your life. So I think they are kind of trying to go for, because Hakaider from the Hakaider series was a villain, I think they're still kind of trying to go for, like, oh, maybe Gurdjieff is a good guy. Maybe right. Michael is a good guy. Yeah. But uh, they get pretty... Oh, actually, it's a little bit later, but I guess we could tell it out of order. They kind of show when he captures the one outlaw. They just basically lobotomize him, and then Gurdjieff's like, all these lobotomized people are my babies now. I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. Like, this yeah. Like, like, you know, there's a lot of weird villain slants he can go with, but I, I love this, like, I'm just going to lobotomize everything, and hey, look, crime-free city. I did Well, that's it. definitely <laughs> when you know for sure that he's the bad guy. You already know pretty well, if you know anything about, like, mo how movies work, that when he's all dressed in white in a completely white room, <laughs> like, that, okay, this guy's an asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. He's either going to be the most evil thing, or he's going to be the architect. Or we've all... <laughs> We've all seen Equilibrium. We know how it goes. They look like the good guys, but they're not, man. Think about it. Mm -hmm. 
Gunkata, dude. Uh, <laughs> what a dumb idea. Yeah, once again, how can we watch that for Batsuki? <laughs> That's a classic. A, it is a classic. It's, it's, it's as stupid as it is fun, much like this film. I feel like totally. it's kind of like definitely in the same kind of spectrum. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he uh, he's broken into Jesus' town. He kind of quickly meets the rebels after fighting a bunch of the heavy soldiers. My favorite thing, though, is when he breaks into Jesus' town... He transforms into Huckider, which is both a very fun and neat scene for the practical. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. But, but also, like the the weird breaking of CGI made mm-hmm. it look like it was a PS One RPG encounter. <laughs> yes. Which I loved. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, this dungeon is gonna have a higher encounter rate. Like, um. <laughs> but then we are we introduced to uh, Kaoru, who's like the head of the rebels. You know, she's the head of it because she's the only one that has a name. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> She's literally like daydreaming about a, a black knight with a sword coming to rescue yeah. her. Um, Which and what I can only describe is uh, it looks like a, a wet dream of an anime oh, fan I, in the nineties. I, I also oh, wrote totally. down. Uh, I also wrote down. This is going to be gross, but a small titted goth girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, bodies come in different shapes and sizes. As long as we respect them, it's fine. Love them equally. Yeah. But this yeah. was another scene that's like super square soft. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff yeah. in this that felt like, and that was kind of one of the like uh, the major ones that I've, I mean, I, all right. So Berserk is like my favorite manga, so of course every time I see something, it's like JoJo. It's like is that a Berserk reference? But like even this <laughs> felt very like Skull Knight and, and Casca, and then like early, I felt like the Sephiroth guy kind of had a Griffith vibe. Fucking Hikater has has guts hair a little bit, you know. And there's I mean, definitely yeah. this whole idea. I don't know if how if anybody's finished Berserk, but like. There's a part where Griffith ends up like having a perfect kingdom that's actually kind of enslaved because there's monsters everywhere outside of it. So like you kind of don't have a choice. So it's a similar kind of like you're my slave, but you're my children kind of thing. So like that also was very like berserky. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as I saw the knight, I was like, oh, so you're not hiding it. Cool. Yeah, it's I, there's no denying it. I mean, even the main character when he's in his human form looks like guts in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, yeah he does. He, he's a very like this is a good actor for this role. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, he's, like, never shows any emotion. Yeah. Like maybe yeah, I like, can see a little bit in his eyes, like, when he's with uh, Kaoru near the end. Mm. But yeah, he never I think smiles. The, the interesting thing about the actor they got for this, he wasn't a, a, a famous actor, but uh, he's been involved with Tokatsu still to this day. He's a he's a stuntman, so I think he's a very oh, much a, an, cool. an Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of thing. He's like, oh, he's kind of like a cool action guy. Let's just actually give him a role. He's and attractive. it's kind of a shame he didn't have more, because I, I think he did a great job. He was really fun to watch on that screen. So. And I also love that one of my favorite things, he's got so few lines. I think I counted like mm-hmm. ten lines at most. Yeah. He does. Which is how it should be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I kind of agree. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be speaking when he should be mechanically violating. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. He delivers. Yeah. Listen, I, do, I don't want to get too... Consensually in- mechanically violate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Important in the 2021s. Um, but I do want to say, even though it's too early for reviews, if we were rating this on, does this film deliver in mechanical violations? 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um the action scenes, like, leading up to the rebel, like, meeting up with them and him fighting a bunch of the heavy soldiers, those are all really well done, kind of. I think. I like with, the motorcycle chase. The motorcycle chase was that very was awesome. cool. The, the thing that really throws it off is the sound mixing and folio work for this is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's really well done, 
And uh, sometimes they're just the sounds just aren't there. It could be because of YouTube, but I think so because that's what I wanted to talk about. At the very end of the fight, he's like watching the heavy soldiers on fire, and they're, <laughs> they're running back and forth with no sound, and it's so weird that I just I laugh every time I watch it because it's like these motherfuckers should at least be screaming or something. Yeah, there's yeah. not like any guy kind of, like like other like reverberation sound to make it think like it's like an artistic choice. Yeah, but if if that is actually no sound for those scenes and it's not a glitch or like weird editing, that director is amazing. Like, he's like, could you imagine? They're like, what do you want us to do for the scene? Just run around silently on fire, and people will be like, oh my god, he's a genius. Were um, the were the heavy soldiers supposed to be robots or like part human and robot? I think it was I, both, right? I, I yeah, I think it's supposed to be both. I thought they were just supposed to be people like in suits. But then sometimes he would smack their head and there wouldn't be any blood or anything. But sometimes yeah, there was. There were, yeah, no, I thought there okay. was like majority blood coming out of those. Dude, the best scene was when uh, it was right after everybody's on fire and the guy, uh, the the good guy robot comes up and he's like, and he fucking puts his hand to the dude's face and it's oh, like the first time so you're like, like, why oh, didn't you yeah. die for me? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's this Help is a, me. it's a very it's a very campy movie, but there are some honestly fun surprises because they build up the character at least. Like, you know, he's kind of going to be a bad guy, mm-hmm. but he seems like he's really loving and respecting of human life. So it kind of comes out of nowhere where he's like, hey, yeah. you're supposed to go fight those guys. And the soldier's like, can't you forgive me? And he's like, nope. nope. Again, they had to show that they, they were the bad guys, definitively. Yeah. And then let's get to the best and most funny scene. Maybe in cinema history, not even just this film, is uh, the... The rebels take him back to their base after they're like, oh, this dude rules, and Kairu's like, we need to find out what's going on with him. And the the one guy with the glasses who's like the counterfeiter is like, robots can't eat. And the girl picks <laughs> the up white guy? a baguette. Yeah. yeah, the white guy. The girl picks up a baguette and gives him coffee, and then he eats the food so smugly, like yeah. he literally does a side <laughs> smile. Uh, he takes like, one bite and one sip, then immediately gives it back. Like, yeah. oh, he, okay, he's right, robots aren't supposed to yeah. eat. Yeah. There, yeah, he just—he just gives a look like you can't even deal with this right now, can you? <laughs> it's uh, it's so good. I, I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed seeing it when I was in high school. It was—it's a—it's a great film. Anyways, oh, yeah. wait, wait. Sorry, before before we got to this part, uh, this is this is from the fight earlier, and I just want to bring it up for later because it establishes that Hakider has a very powerful gun. Uh, do you yeah. remember when he dropped it and that soldier picked it up and it blew his fucking arm off? <laughs> yeah, that ruled. Oh, that ruled that so was fucking awesome. hard. You see, that yeah. did not come back the way I thought it was going to. I also yeah, thought it was, was going to come back in, in the way that I'm assuming I, you're thinking. Yeah, because, well, when it blew the dude's arm off when he tried to use it, I couldn't... Another like little subtle thing that I don't think they telegraphed exactly what they were trying to do. Was that like a safety... Like blade, sword. If some and anybody but him tries to use it, it fucks him up. Or was no, it just I, because he wasn't strong enough? And that's what I thought. Oh, I thought yeah, it was no, just that yeah. the dude was a little bitch, and yeah, the shotgun's no. that awesome. <laughs> that dude's one hundred percent a little bitch. Yeah. See, the I first think... time I watched it, I thought it was a safety safety measure. And then when Michael gets his gun at the end, he's gonna try and use it on Hakider, and then his arm is gonna get blown off. 
Yeah, that's what I thought was gonna happen. Those those soldiers just got a bad case of little bitch arm. Yeah, Yeah. it still smells like bitch in here. (laughs) I just I want to say this. I want to live in a world where Wesley Snipes is preparing for his role in Blade in 2000, and somebody's (laughs) like, "You got to check out this movie." He puts on the kiter, and as soon as he sees that scene with the shotgun, he goes up to the director's like, "You got to do this with my sword. Listen, you have to." Oh man! It's so a, you it, want them to like explode? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Huge explosion, like ridiculous. So yeah, they uh, they kind of have this moment of bonding, and then they kind of go back to Gurdjieff and Michael talking and being like, "This is when they show the whole lobotomy thing and how they have peace in their city, but it's not really real." Um, it is they, like I liked where they show like the X-ray or whatever of the spike going into the dude's head mm-hmm. yeah that it's was very cool. it's very clinical but i did go ooh, like the yeah same just, yeah oh. ooh, not good uh, <laughs> daddy no likey and, <laughs> like, covered, i covered my eyes and just started going ooh. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, they i do like they have a lot of the scenes of the people bottomized just like chilling out and it does kind of give a good creepy atmosphere oh like, yeah okay. he, doesn't he also brand like his name or his yeah. logo or whatever on their head. <laughs> is that what that was? Like, yeah. I think so, yeah. I thought that oh, was just like assume... the hole where the the thing went in, and it was just like, for display purposes, put in a weird spot. But that actually makes more sense. Yeah, that makes way yeah. more sense. I wrote that down as like a, uh, is in, in continuity, like, but that, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, that checks out, I feel like. Yeah, so they, they get back to the rebel hideout and they're basically ambushed right away by a bunch of heavy shoulder or soldiers. Yeah. Wait, bunch of heavy. Wait, wait, that's wait. So hard to say. You said the right <laughs> word. I think you're 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 skipping over my favorite line in the entire film when Vicious Sephiroth says, "You know why these flowers are beautiful? It's because they're obedient." Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's ever had rebellious flowers, but if you uh, if you have had some, uh, tweet at us at Podzuki or email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I thought the same thing. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, a bunch of heavy soldiers show up at the resistant group's hideout and just start killing everybody. Yeah, just going wild on them. And it's, I thought they were going to at least like leave one or two of them alive so we could have like the resistance storming like whatever the the end game of this movie is going to be. Hmm. But they get a, they get them all in also another very well, funny scene. Yes, yeah, I know clearly... what you're going to say. That's my favorite in the whole movie, I think. Oh, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys know where I'm going. Is that, uh, that basically there's one traitor left who like told them where the hideout was and then Karu's left. And the soldiers are just walking by, and they're like, what are we going to do? And as they get to the very end of the line, one of them just turns to them and shoots them both and keeps walking. He doesn't even look. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he just, like, like he's throwing away a cup. He just... <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I, I didn't laugh at that scene. Like, I, I, I did... I don't want to say I cheered, but, I, yeah, I love that scene because of the <laughs> casual cruelty of it. Yeah, it was Like, you think, because they were there for Hakider. They didn't even I mean, necessarily... That I don't think they cared about the rebels at all. I'm not and then like you being... think they're just going to ignore him, and then like, nah, yeah. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, like they killed I'm the not... rest by accident, and then like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even being like hyperbolic here, or like over the top. It legitimately is an amazing scene of just yeah. like, to... so many movies pull it off wrong, where like they when they want to show villains or an evil organization being cruel, they really relish in it. Mm-hmm. Just have them literally be like, okay, these are the main characters, bang, bang, they're dead, okay, I'm out of here, that's great. Like <laughs> No, like, no regard, no respect. Yeah. For their life at all, it's, uh, it's so good. But yeah, it's. I was surprised when I originally saw this, and even watching it again, because like it, it felt like Kara was going to be more of an important character. But 
she basically wanders out into the street yelling at everyone like well, hey how could you a, just let this happen this is another thing that I don't think they telegraphed because Michael like he like made his hand glow and then like went towards her face yeah, so that, that yeah, didn't that kill about? her but why didn't she have like a big scar in the yeah. face, in the shape of a handprint on her face more emotional scars you know <laughs> yeah, yeah but if she'd had like a disgusting scar on her face and she was shambling half dying through the streets yelling at it would people, have been intense that would have been way been... better that's what they should have done you know i think yeah. this is another problem with the sound mixing because i'm i am positive that they were supposed to put in the line like talk to the hand <laughs> and then like maybe it was just michael being like hey can i show you my glowing hand before i push you out into the streets <laughs> like it's not actually a deadly hand it's just like really cool when he needs to find his keys at night or he's looking for something and he doesn't want to turn in the lamp it's, it's pretty handy they also cut out the part where he sticks his hand down his pants and goes, hey, smell this. And then that's why she... <laughs> <laughs> Just really, really putting in her death, like, as, as humiliating as possible. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, should I see a doctor? What do you think? Yeah. Hey, actually, I will, I'll let you out of here alive if you just pull this finger. <laughs> just 20 minutes of the movie, just that would be so great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she she kind of like shambles off, and then Hakaider gets out of the the like the basically they push him off. Of, oh, I, I left out this amazing scene. So like they they shoot him with a rocket launcher, he gets blasted out of a building, and then they just like point down to all of the rubble where he is, and they shoot it some more. And I'm like, I like these soldiers a lot. Yeah, they don't fuck around. <laughs> and then they and then they don't look for his body afterwards. Yeah. And honestly, I this is the one of the few times I agree with them. Like that, that guy should have been dead. Yeah, they put like a city's worth volume of bullets into him. Like honestly, if you don't have self confidence in yourself after killing a guy with two rocket launcher blasts, you need to go see a therapist and talk about it. Yeah, these are just the most well adjusted people in the movie. Actually, yeah. uh, they're doing good. Yeah, they're healthy. I like it. But yeah, of course he, he gets up and then he finds like uh, Karu before she's about to pass away and then she has probably the longest dramatic death, I'd say, where she's like, I want to show you this place and I want to show you this like nice uh, place here and also she like, we could have been like husband injured, and wife. I think is the problem. Yeah. yeah. And then finally she's like, okay, here's the thing. I gotta die now. We have to keep this movie going. When I do die though, you're gonna walk by a flower and it's gonna catch fire and it's gonna be so badass. Dude. That was cool. That actually reminded me, I forgot to bring up, when they were still in the uh, in the rebel base and Hikaida threw her a look and then uh, Miss Ranch Lady was like, oh, I think they're trying to hook up. Like my immediate thing was immediately they took to Hokkaido and then he looks at her and he's like, eh, maybe. And I'm like, yeah. all right, my man. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm an anti-villain. We get to have sex. We're like some weirdo. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, so she she passes away, sadly. But once again, the scene where he walks by a flower to catch his fire to show how angry he is. So great. Love that. And then, yeah, this is... I'm going to... I feel so, like I bring so this up nice on somebody... So nice they did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I would have gone for three times on it, but... Uh, <laughs> one thing I bring up on all these episodes is, like, the time of a movie and how long it's running... And once again, just having a short action film, it just makes up for so many bad shortcomings. This is only like an hour and 17 minutes. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's basically perfectly paced in my opinion. It's a stupid film, but like it's also perfectly timed. I didn't, I, I didn't feel bored at any second yeah. during it. So. It didn't feel short over either. an hour and I didn't have yeah. to drive to a movie theater to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if anything, I would go back and like say like with uh, Kamen Rider Zoe, which we all ended up liking a lot, like... That was actually two short words, like, perfect, but just add, like, an extra ten minutes, get it to, like, an hour or 17 like this, I think it would have been perfect, basically. Did I end up saying that I liked that movie? 
<laughs> I think well, you gave it a decent rating, not yeah, a worst. I'm sure. I'm rating. sure I did. I think yeah. I had expected you guys to not like it as much. <laughs> yeah. I think I was peer pressured a little bit. I'm ready to drop bit. some like serious <laughs> bucks to get like one of the figure arts of Common Writers though, because I love the design so much. So <laughs> yeah, but anyways, uh, the the end of the film goes pretty much how it's expected. He gets to the big stronghold of uh, oh, it's more like a giant office building of all white to where Gurdjieff and Michael are. Kills a bunch of soldiers, gets into the final fight with... Well, he, he, oh, wait, wait, wait. he manages to take oh, yeah. a huge amount of the soldiers out mm-hmm. before even approaching the building by finding yeah. the power core that, I guess, controlled all the robot heavy soldiers. Yeah, just by just by yeah. shooting it real hard with his big fucking great gun. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, 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 I don't buy. Like I, I, His gun is cool. It's like the Mad Max gun, but how is it that yeah. fucking powerful? Because That's he's a mechanical is... violator. And have you seen him? Yeah. Mechanical violator got to mechanically violate. Exactly. <laughs> That's a t-shirt right there. Birds got to swim, fish got to fly, mechanical violators got to mechanically violate. <laughs> okay, maybe that's a t-shirt. That that makes the blow a little bit easier. <laughs> so, oh, man. Uh, yeah, so he, he, he does his cool things, and then he eventually gets to, like, the... I thought it was going to be, like, Gurdjieff was going to turn into, like, a cool robot or something, but it's just, like, he gets into a fight with Michael, pulls out, like, a concealed weapon. Yeah, in weapon a room to... made out of red velvet cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I call it... So I'm going to honor, once again, the the 2004 anime club where we all watched this, and we dubbed this place the Meat Palace. <laughs> Literally just built it out of red meat and then put white paint over it, it feels like. Because uh, this is... I mean, once again, this is another weird decision that also turns out to be really cool. Oh, yeah, Whenever it looks they punch awesome. In, it looks so cool. But yeah. whenever they punch into the white walls... For some reason, all of the, like the base of it's made out of like red wires and like weird ink, so it looks like they're just punching blood out of the wall. Yeah, I think it was supposed to show that like, oh, it's good on the outside, but it's evil on the inside. Oh yeah, but yeah. it just looks was, like red yeah. velvet cake with <laughs> yeah. cheese frosting. Yep. Yeah. No, they, now I'm hungry. They, they yeah. just hid <laughs> wires throughout that that whole thing. And and Meat Palace brought to you by Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I also like the uh, sound design on whenever, like, Michael and uh, Hikaido would hit each other. It was just this heavy, like, metal- metallic, like, metal-on-metal metal sound. This, oh, they, they do yeah. such a great job in, like, giving giving weight to every punch with these costumes. Because it's not mm-hmm. just, like, the ripple effect, even though that is fantastic. Like, the sound design is so good with it as well. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. It, it, so the, the final fight... Basically, he beheads him right away, and then uh, I do like oh, the oh, 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 of like, Brandon, Brandon. Fight. Yeah, he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't behead him. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not doing it justice. Who who wants to describe it? Because I feel like it, it needs to be. Well, they, they have a long ass fight. Uh, Michael has the upper hand, and he grabs like uh, Hikaider's mechanical violator, Hikaider's <laughs> super gun, <laughs> and makes a show of emptying all the shells. Hokkaido grabs a couple of the shells, and you think he's going to get access back to his gun. But no, apparently he's just had in, like, his left arm, he also has a version of that gun. Is it his arm or in his chest? It was in his arm. He doesn't use the chest cannons until, like, he confronts Gurdjieff. Oh, you're right. Michael's head is turned into the stop-motion monster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was awesome. He blows off uh, Michael's arm. And then he gets up, approaches him slowly, starts ripping all of his other limbs off, and then just 
severs his spinal cord in his head. Like he he, he beheads him, but the entire spinal cord comes out with it. Yeah, my favorite. My favorite part of that. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. He turned that boy into a spooky snake. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Jay, what were you saying too? I was gonna say one of my favorite things about this movie in general is like all the like awkward cuts from like live action people to obvious mannequins, like especially during like the motorcycle scene (laughs) and stuff. And this was another one. I was just my roommate had just come home while I was finishing that, and I was telling him that like that's my favorite thing about the movie. And then as I say that, you see your boy pick him up and throw him like on the table or whatever, and it's like an obvious like stuffed doll that he just beats the shit out of real quick. Yeah, because it clearly can't like bend at the waist. Yeah, like it can only stand up. It's, uh, it's so good. I, but yeah, once again, I like that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I like to think you, that the movie heard you praising it. It was like, I'm not letting this go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You like that? Yeah. And on a similar note, too, I like that the movie never overstays its welcome, like I was saying earlier. Because like, they have the cool fight. He destroys it. And it's like, okay, we're going to end this here. And the scientist yeah. is like, okay, are you going to spare my life? And Hakaider's like, oh, sorry, mechanical violator, Hakaider. Uh, he's, he's like, you're not even worth me killing you. And I'm like, okay, this is Well, we still cool have to ending. get to yeah. the fight with the stop motion monster. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we're kind of, I just put it all together. But yeah, we should honor that too, because it was That really was cool. sick. Well, yeah, that was another It really example doesn't like need new... to be there. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he'd already had the big fight, and then he confronts Gurdjieff, and that's it. Like, the, having, like, Gurdjieff, uh, having Michael's head put onto some, like, weird new Violator Mechanica body. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it, it also the changed of, like, the colors the of his face. Back to, like, the the uh, Kikaider colors, the blue and red. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. Just that whole fight, last fight, with the stop-motion monster. The stop-motion was interesting, mm-hmm. but it was a completely unnecessary scene. I thought it was so cool. It reminded me again of Final Fantasy VII, like kind of like how you keep kind of fighting those kind of things every like milestone boss, basically. Uh, oh yeah, if it were a video game. game, it would totally make sense. But yeah, a movie. no, that thing, that thing, one hundred percent looked like Genova's wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like how every Final Fantasy game has like you got the last boss, which is the boss that the, the story villain. God. Then usually. like a god shows up. No, oh, then yeah. God shows okay, up. Okay, yeah, you're the right, actual you're right, last yeah. boss. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I love that about the series. I love it when they like do a good twist on it, or like uh, my favorite's Chrono Trigger, where it's the opposite, where like it's a huge boss you find eventually, it's just like a tiny alien dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a uh, they they have the big fight. He finally uh, gets into like the last few blows with the giant claymation uh, Michael, <laughs> and like I think it's a callback to like more Hakaida powers from the actual series itself. But like he opens his chest and he has like. I want to say just, like, three laser beams coming out to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was sick. But it, yeah. it's, it's, they could have said something like that up. I don't know. Because he, he, he had that, like, the scar on his chest that I think was supposed to represent his heart. Yeah. And then it just turns out to be boob cannons. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, the ultimate cannon, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As a, man, as a man who loves boobs and cannons, how could you make anything better? <laughs> An ass cannon, maybe? That'd be cool. But you know. Yeah, that would also be cool. Like uh, Astro Boy? Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my god! Does that mean like Hakai is the perfect response to Astro Boy? The original like, anime a... had an ass cannon. <laughs> I mean, that's why ass cannon is so cannon. Yeah. Ooh, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, right. I wear that yeah. proudly. <laughs> to work, I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's basically the movie because, like I was saying when I got a little ahead of myself. 
mechanical violator kiter is walking off he's like oh i don't even need to kill you you're not worth it and i love they do the classic like he goes to pick up a cannon and then he like rushes in but to make it even more over the top when he like stabs through the scientist uh gurjev a bunch of just like I want to say a few feathers come out, and then it's like a snow globe worth amount of feathers are going well, around in the, 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 the same oh. thing happened when he first fought a bunch of those heavy soldiers. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. like I was like, "Oh, they're made out of chickens." <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was just repeating. Like I I thought his gun had an alternate mode where it's like, "Oh, I got it set to feathers. I got it set to comfort." <laughs> yeah. I got oh, it no, set I said on the, John the, the John Woo setting. Uh, yeah. we were thinking this <laughs> Parallel oh. thinking. Yeah. Oh man, we got there. Well, I'd say this is like the perfect segue in into uh, reviews. And uh, listen, I gotta. I feel like nostalgia has really tainted this one for me. But watching Fair. it again as a as a thirty five year old, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna give this uh, one out of five uh, mechanical violator kiters because I just love saying it so much. <laughs> this is a four point five out of five mechanical violator <laughs> kiters. <laughs> Like, I, I guess it would make sense to give it five out of five because it's the film, but you know what I mean. It's <laughs> it's it's almost perfect. I can't give it a perfect rating because, like, you know, I gotta have some respect, but at the same time, it fucking slaps and it's great. Oh, sure. So, 4.5. Loved it so much. For how I felt about the movie when I first watched it, I'm gonna give it a five out of five Mechanical Violator. Kiders. Because, like, I... To be in, in full disclosure... I watched it, like, the day that I first bought dispensary weed in Chicago. <laughs> so the, I like where this that, is going. Yeah, the strawberry cough might have been a partner in how well I like this movie. Fair enough. But but even on the rewatch, I still enjoyed it a lot. It's This is what I want from a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. campy, and it, it doesn't take itself seriously. It, it's what I wanted, like, Cayman Rider Z.O. to be, is what yeah. this was. Like I had so much fun watching this. I laughed my ass off and made a lot of jokes, and yeah. I was super excited to talk about it today. So yeah, I think that I don't know if this is my first perfect score, but it's a perfect score for me. Oh wow! I think the only one that uh, holds the record because I think you also agreed and maybe gave it a perfect score is No Country for Old Men, which we're still standing by is a kaiju film. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> could have done that. But didn't you give like a perfect score to uh, 120 Days of Sodom? Oh, Maybe. dude, I just saw that movie recently. Oh, isn't oh, it so man. good? Oh, man. It was something. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I think that was our takeaway. Yeah. yeah. It was technically a movie. Yeah. And, like, I can definitely tell how it, like, just revolutionized the, you know, film industry of the 70s. I can't deny that. Yeah. It's an experience. It's insane, dude. That movie is... Uh, you know what's funny? That came up at a party last night, too. Again, something that I think I'd never, I'd never expect anybody to bring up. And uh, <laughs> Was Jesus. Luke at this party? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> unless, I, unless I'm like like astral projecting in my sleep, I wasn't. Got a real lost highway situation going on here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think Jay then. Yeah, honestly, I think I'm going to go with uh, four Mechanical Violator Hakaiders out of five. This movie was basically perfect to me. Uh, honestly, the only thing I wish... And you know what, man? And and I'm kind of a snob with this kind of stuff. Like, I thought it was great, but, like, I wish it was a little bit, like, newer. You know? Like, I wish it came out, like, ten, ten years later, and then some of the scenes kind of were a little bit more... Uh, fleshed out i guess you know like like uh, like kind of like you're saying <laughs> nice. about about uh kind writer uh zo it sounds like like i wish this had another 15 20 minutes to it that 
just I want more 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 robot bloods and faces. You know what I mean? Like more head ripping, a couple more guys getting killed, and it would have been fucking perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I uh, yeah. but I I want to I want to jump in with my review real quick. I, yeah. I also want to give it four mechanical violator hakaiders out of five. I I really enjoyed this movie. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, I agree. But while watching it, I couldn't help but think, like, okay, this is just a live-action recreation of an anime that I really want to see. Yes! A hundred percent. There was a lot of that. And, like, also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I saw the uh, the dub version. So, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool scene. And then they talk. And, I, and I'm like, oh. You know, like, so I kind of want to see the subs, especially for, like, like the Indian and the white and the black dudes and stuff. I want to see how good their fucking Japanese is. <laughs> you know? Like, because the whole time I'm sitting here and I'm watching this, I'm like, why aren't they just speaking English? As, as someone who speaks, like, three words of Japanese, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched both, and their Japanese seemed fine. Like, I kept yeah. expecting it to be, like, where they, like, MOS them, but they didn't. Yeah. They, those guys, they were actually speaking Japanese on the set. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. It's, it's you know, it's a true gem. I feel like we should make, like, a new record of, like, movies that get more than, like, a four out of five or in that range. Because we have No Country for Old Men, and now we have Mechanical Violator, a guider, and I love that, that our pantheon is those two movies. Right yeah, now. right? <laughs> what a spectrum, man. It's beautiful. Imagine um, that award yeah, show. I, listen, that award show itself would be an amazing movie. <laughs> Ooh, what kind of award would Podzuki... Would we give out, like, Golden Nine Volts? Oh, Golden Nine Volts, for sure. I, I'm looking forward to when he actually can do an in-person episode. We're going to look so... I was going to say, I think we've done, like, so many episodes where, like, maybe we've done more episodes without the Nine Volt than we have with them. Uh, I don't think we have. It just feels that way because the pandemic feels like forever. It's <laughs> it, it's it's always been there in spirit. And I don't know about you guys, but I keep a nine volt on my tongue the entire recording <laughs> when we're apart. I'm gonna give you a little uh, word of advice. Try it on other body parts. That's <laughs> Stick it on that elbow, baby. Like Ooh. your lips. It works mm, on yeah. your lips. Ooh. It does. But when we did that, it, it actually kind of hurt that way. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> I think they call that a Zeus kiss. And you're technically <laughs> being electrocuted. Remember the when we decided to up the ante and we were putting out uh, matches in our mouths? Oh, oh my god. That's super easy. That's like the easiest thing ever. I know, but still, it's very funny to me for a podcasting medium. That's where we ended up. And that, that actually is a perfect segue to Stupid Games. Stupid Games. Um, I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but we now have the, the Luke-provided jingle for... Uh, who the fuck is Ron Canada? Ron Canada, you were the judge in Ted 2. We love you, and we hope our guest will too. I think it's beautiful. I'm really glad how it turned out. Hell yeah. But I'm, I'm going to hit you all with a new one. It's a... Uh, it's a Who the Fuck is Ron Canada, and it's a Kita and Miami edition. Once again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'll figure it out if this episode. Uh, he has a pretty big uh, catalog of things he's worked on that all have ridiculous names. And this is which so I'm gonna give Yeah, it's the director of this and okay, uh, the also the common yeah. writer Zoe dude. But he's directed so many things with so many ridiculous titles. I'm going to give you three titles. One of these is a real title he did, and others ones that I made up. So... <laughs> Uh, here are your selections. The first one I'm going to give you is Garo, uh, The Sin. The second one is Zero, Dragon Blood. And finally, The Devil's Blade. Which one do you think mm. is the real 
uh, series property or movie or oh. uh, web oh. media service. They all said, what was the first one again? Garo, the Sid. I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with that one, too. Uh, what was the last one you said? It was Demon Blade? The Devil's Blade. I'm going with the Devil's Blade. That was my second choice. Nice. I think this is the first time I've actually stumped anybody on one of these games. because oh, the damn. actual The real title is Zero Dragon Blood. Because oh, wow. that's the God. most boring of all of them. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why. <laughs> it's, it's the first time I can say officially, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed you could make up the word Garu. And then <laughs> so I, uh, I was being a little stinker. I've heard Garu's you do stand-up. Garu is actually a series that he has has done, but I just made up a, a, a fake title for one. You know, I was series. looking up the writer for uh, this movie, Hakaider. Yeah. And, like, he did not write... Cayman Rider Z-O, but he did write a movie called Cayman Rider Z-O, like Z-I-O. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, if you if you guys got a few hours to explain, that uh, came out in 2018 at the official end of the Heisei era, and every 10 years when the Kamen Rider uh, franchise was going since the beginning of the Heisei, they would do a uh, multiverse kind of tie into all other series. The first one was Kamen Rider Decade, and the second one was Kamen Rider Zeo, where they go back and visit all of the characters. Fun times. Recommended if you're into the series. <laughs> uh, his, his motif's clocks, and that's kind of cool, too. So hmm. <laughs> Glad I got to really get that, uh, that nerd dick out there. You got that off your chest. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I really only had that for the, the game section here, because I was so excited to go through all these ridiculous titles. So I think I'm just going to segue over to uh, a good old recommendation and plugs because uh, a lot of things are going on. Recommendations. Live shows are kind of like slowly coming back, so Mm -hmm. we're actually starting up uh, Pressure again, which is that open mic on Tuesdays. I used to host and advertise on here, but every Tuesday... 8 p.m. sign up, 8.30, uh, the mic goes off at Pressure Billiards in Chicago. Am I completely frightened about how it's going to go and worried about if people are going to take it safe and if it's going to be worth my time? Absolutely. But it's coming (laughs) back. We'll see. Have I lost a lot of respect for comedians over the pandemic? 100%. Uh, But I I still like comedy a lot. I still want to see how it goes. We also added uh, Georgia Gove, past guest on this, and then uh, Ricardo Angelou as uh, producers. Nice. They're both comedians, I think, that are great and Hell funny. Yes. So now that now that Rob Kuschel and uh, our beautiful boy, I almost said beautiful boy Steve Malloy because it rhymes, but no, <laughs> yeah, uh, they they left us for New York. They don't love us anymore. Aww. So yeah, those pieces of shit. Let's get them. F- fucking Peter. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So that's going on for me, and then uh, for recommendations. Uh, you know, I, I recommend it a little bit, but I'm going to recommend it again because now I put an honest, like, probably 100 hours, if not more, into Monster Hunter Rise for the Switch. It's just, <laughs> I love it so much. It's so fun. I finally got a full set of Magnum Allo high ranking armor. Ooh, nice. I'm looking like a cool freaking Ronin warrior out there slicing tails off. It's a good game. It's a great series. I think most most all of the Monster Hunters are pretty good games. There's only a few of them that are pretty shitty, so you'll, you'll be safe no matter what you go with. So I've always wanted to get into me. those so bad, but I yeah. just can't. I don't know. I just can't seem to get into them. I've tried every single one. The the, yeah. the new one's a lot kinder to newcomers. You just need okay. someone to sit with you for like an hour to explain mechanics. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the UI yeah. even in the menu and like crafting is just so 
bonkers until you actually get to know it. It's mm-hmm. just a... I will yeah. uh, recommend uh, the movie Cool Runnings. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched it in a while, it holds up. For sure. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. And, yeah, and I saw it like two also, months ago. It really does. Yeah, and I also like uh, J- Cool Runnings and Jurassic Park use the same font. <laughs> for the title. So oh that's, yeah, that's that's, that's just a that's random a thing I noticed like a month or two ago. That <laughs> oh, you want yeah. you want to see a family? You want to see a lawyer murdered by a Jamaican bobsled team? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a kink of mine, but uh, yeah, it's a, a fun thing too. Is I I haven't watched the movie in a bit, but even like when I did rewatch it way back when. It is uh, a movie about a Jamaican bobsled team in the 90s, and you think it's going to be a lot of tokenism and performative kind of, like, reverse racism. But it's just a good movie about good friends, and, uh, God, I miss John Candy so much. So. Mm-hmm. I want to see Cool Runnings 2 starring Chet Hanks. Oh, man. <laughs> in blackface. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you say that jokingly, but he's dropped the N-word so many times, I would not put it past him. <laughs> Big up! Featuring Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to sequester just a brief second to say that Chet Hanks did go through a whole uh, Jamaican accent phase that was never explained. I love it, dude. My favorite thing about that is that, like, it distracts from his already fake urban slang voice. (laughs) And it makes people... What if he's... (laughs) Go ahead. It's it's just like, what if he's the most amazing character actor more than Tom Hanks and we ever realized it? I actually recently said that to somebody. I'm, like, trying to write a bit about that. I think that that's, like, one of the most brilliant possible, like, method acting things that we're seeing right now, dude. That shit is so fucking funny to so me. Like, I love that he... Like, oh, go ahead. Like Tony Clifton? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I love that he, like, apologized for the Jamaican accent, and then two months later or whatever, drops a song where he doubles down and does a whole verse. <laughs> <laughs> It's so wild to me, man. What a crazy person. But I do honestly think it is going to be like this big reveal of like he's just been filming this amazing documentary about like what it means to truly be a method actor. Yeah. I don't know, man. It didn't work out for uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. This is going to be the actual good version of I'm Still Here. Four years making that nobody remembers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. For plugs, uh, I'm going to plug my uh, cooking Instagram, uh, Flip Cooks, F-L-I-P-C-O-O-K-S. I've actually been posting some stuff the last uh, week, so nice. hopefully I'll keep up with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah, everything you've been posting looks delicious, by the way. Oh, yeah, you. I mean, shout out to Luke being a great cook because I often think about that time you brought us over those like roasted pork sandwiches, and man, that really hit the spot that night. Oh so yeah, good. Mm. That sounds awesome. I don't yeah. remember bringing those. I remember bringing you guys fish stew once. Oh, you, well, oh the fish stew was good too. Yeah, no, yeah. you did. You did both. They were separate times, but they were both good. Maybe yeah. rename Maybe. it though. You know. <laughs> nah, fish do, baby. <laughs> Listen, it's either dinner I'm having or my wife at a certain time. <laughs> you hear the uh, fish yeah. and you don't immediately become hungry? Because I'm thinking of that now. Not water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know why, but it's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need to get some fish Is fish stew like a euphemism for something? That I it don't feels know very yonic. It feels very yonic based. Okay, I, 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 I know what that word means. So. Yeah, yeah. It feels yonic. like Jewish slang. Yonic, yonic the Yedjog. Yonic the Yedjog. Yonic is uh, the the female version of phallic, like a vagina based imagery or ideas. And I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to remind you. <laughs> 
Oh boy, I feel like a jackass. But yeah, <laughs> for this uh, for this section though, uh, Jay, you can recommend or plug anything. I I always like to point out to guests it could be a feeling, a concept. <sighs> really, just go nuts. Okay. Uh, so for recommendations, I would highly recommend Jagon. I'm reading that right now. Oh yeah, it, I gotta read that still. Dude. Okay, so it's this manga. Uh, it's uh still not localized officially yet, so you gotta find it on the old illegal sites. But it's hella it's worth pretty it. Pretty easy. Easy, easy. And dude, it's basically like if you're into this kind of, uh, especially for this episode, man, if you're into this kind of like Tonkotsu, like, uh, like Hakaider, I'm sorry, Mechanical Violet Hakaider kind of like vibe Thank stuff, you. then you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. uh, listen, I, I like to follow the rules in, in other people's homes, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I got> you. <laughs> and uh, it's basically about this kid. It's, it's very similar to Parasite, right? Uh, but just the animation is just so crazy and really kind of reminds me of like 70s, like uh, body horror stuff. Um, and it's just gorgeous, and the storyline's okay, uh, and the fight scenes are fantastic, and I just could not suggest that enough. I'm like 40 chapters in right now, I can't wait for more. Um, it's spelled J-A-G, five A's, and then N. So it's like, Jagan! But, you know, we, we speak English here, so. Uh, Jagan! <laughs> Jagan! Jagan! Uh, and then let's see for plugs. Oh, uh, I'm playing uh, the Music Box Theater on June 19th um, with uh, Aaron Putnam, Brad Kaufman, Adam Burke, and a bunch of other amazing comedians. Uh, tickets are 12 bucks. Yeah, uh, six if you're a healthcare worker. Um, last I checked today, I got a text saying we only had like nine tickets left, which is crazy exciting and makes me very nervous um so if you're able to get one of the last nine please do uh, i can't wait to see you uh, and i'm very very excited um and i cannot wait uh, i would also like to recommend uh you know humility is is a good one i love that oh yeah that's always a great one I, yeah. especially with us being involved humility yeah <laughs> if you're involved in podcast or comedy i guarantee it's a good thing to have <laughs> it's just a reminder you know yeah yeah that's nice yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love just the fact that anybody can have a podcast so you have to be humble. Yeah, <laughs> let's never lose that. Even when they start getting more popular, more famous people are doing them. If anything, it's the great equalizer for famous people that do podcasts. Totally. Like, look, look, Conan, you motherfucker. <laughs> Here's a whole podcast just about socks by some white dude who lives in Cincinnati. Who gives be a shit? Be it ever right, so right. humble. There's no podcast like mine. Yeah. That's. A I want to be honest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This was a lot more fun than doing Hugh Jackman's podcast. So I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, oh, and that yeah. guy sucks. Fuck him. I mean, actually, he does seem like a decent dude. I mean, like literally, like literally, fuck him. Don't. Oh yeah. Don't pass yeah, that he is attractive. Oh, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. Never so that. handsome. I mean, it, literally, what you imagine when somebody says Dilf, I feel like that's at least one of the first images that come to mind. Mm, for so. sure. Mm, Papa Wolverine. <laughs> Ooh, Daddy like Yeah, he does <laughs> right? actually have claws. I guess son like <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I don't. Um, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I would take a drag if, if his lips touch one. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. I think we gotta get one out of Martin's still, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, for recommendations, I've, uh, I've I've been watching a YouTuber who I really like. Check out check out H Bomber guy does does these really cool. nice long form video essays. Recently did one about uh, the anti vax movement. It's uh, super interesting and really well researched. Uh, high yeah, recommendation he, on that. He's really I great. Love those, he's got man. a good yeah. He's got a good backlog. Oh yeah, definitely. Because he's, he takes a long time to make videos. He's got a two and a half hour long video about a game. Uh, oh fuck, what is it called? I'll I'll come back to that later. But it's a two and a half hour long video about a video game that I have no intention of playing, but I was entranced the entire time watching it. Is it the Fallout New Vegas one? No, it's uh no, it's not a Fallout game. What the fuck is it called? Brandon, edit in the right name of this video <laughs> game here. 
Ronald McDonald's Magical Adventure. Okay, thank you. Is uh, it Pathologic? Yes, Pathologic. Okay. okay. Yeah, that looks yeah. cool. Oh, yeah, that's a cool one. Sorry. That is a cool game series. Ter- terrible diatribe. Uh, and then for plugs, <laughs> uh, I guess follow my uh, Instagram where I have weird thrift shop finds. I'm on nice. Instagram at weird thrift shop finds. Also great follow. Always entertaining to watch. And then just the, the truly insane shit you find blows my mind constantly still. This city. I Oh, this city. I still think my <laughs> it's favorite. It's cursed. I still think my it favorite is. thing was that like burned deep like CDR I found that just had my manifesto sprawled across it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I love that oh, shit. Man. Uh, I'm gonna have to get that over to the FBI one day, but uh, I think, okay, we're, we're at the end here, boys, and I feel like we've been really bad the last few weeks, so this is either gonna be a nightmare again, or we're gonna get oh, it, God. like, perfect. No, we've um, we've got the blessing of Mechanical Violator Hakider. I think we can do it this time. Right, three, two, one. You're gonna You're like, gonna the, like the, the way, way I fought. Mechanical Violate. I, I guarantee. I guarantee it. Brandon, yeah. you yeah. went perfectly off script. Thank you. And I think I, we I, would have I, actually all gotten it this time. I was yeah, very impressed. No, but I wanted to honor I wanted to honor the mechanical violator, Hakaider. <laughs> our Lord and Savior, I guess. Okay, I'm ending on that. That's where I stop. <laughs> show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>